Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies broadcast season 3, episode 3. As always, I am your host today, Luke Hatfield. Alongside me, uh, our Albion man is back, Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Not too bad. How was your week off? Yeah, good. Uh, difficult because it was. Uh, I was alone looking after two very hot and bothered and energetic children. But yeah, it was good. Still had time to watch the Albion though on the weekend, I saw. I, I did watch the game, yeah. I watched it uh, on my t- from the comfort of my TV, um, from the comfort of my sofa, I should say. And uh, I was quite impressed, to be fair. I thought they, they, they played quite well. I thought they looked very comfortable um, second half, uh, particularly. Bit bit fortunate about the goals. Yeah, uh, element of luck about both of them. But um, you, you're not going to sniff an, an away win on, on opening day. That's a, that's, a, that's a great start. Yeah, certainly not. And back just in time for the busy old period of transfer deadline day. Yeah, it was nice of them to, to not sign any players whilst I was away. Um, you know, they, they signed Romain Sawyer's. I think it was the last day I was working, mm. and then um, I was off for a week and a bit. And they didn't sign any players again until deadline day. So, yeah, nice of them to, to wait for me to come back before all the carnage and hell broke loose. Certainly was hectic, wasn't it? Just for we, you as well. We've come to expect this, I think, from Albion. Every, it seems to be every deadline day that it's always the same. Regardless of who's it, chief executive, technical director or manager, they just always seem to be doing business on deadline day. Very rarely do we have a quiet one. Um I don't know what I don't know what that says about. I mean, you know, considering the people um, doing these deals has changed over the years. Uh, I've no idea why it happens, but mm. um, you know, they did three on January deadline day, and they did four in the one just gone. Um, I can think back when they did those sort of similar numbers under Pulis. It just seems to be the way with Albion. Um, they, they never seem to get their business done early. Um, sometimes it works. You know, hugging out for better deals. I think if you look this summer. The Pereira deal, they probably held their nerve and got mm. got a better a better deal. Um, it's happened in the past where they've held their nerve and, and got better deals. I'd say maybe even Charlie Austin this time around. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether they would have got him that cheap earlier on in the window. So um, sometimes sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You you, you end up getting you know maybe a third or fourth choice or, or, or doing bad deals that that you don't want to do. Um, but we wait and see uh, what hap- what you know about the current crop and whether they actually end up being a success or not get ready to see five deadline day deals in January absolutely <laughs> um, made worse by the fact as well I looked over a couple of times yesterday um, and obviously you know Walsall's deadline is not for a while um, Matt Mayer our Villa reporter was kind of relaxed um, there was nothing going on at Wolves and then there was poor you hammering away on your keyboard yeah it was a lot of work yesterday <laughs> um, a lot of work a lot of um, frantic messages and um, calls and tweets and articles, but yeah, it was good. They got they got everything done in the end. Um, I think if they had a bit more time, they might have bought in a centre half. But mm. spoke to Bilic this morning about that, and he said, "Look, we could have done that, but then when Higazi comes back, we'd have been a bit overstocked there, so it's not really a problem. Higazi's mm. back in five or six weeks; they can probably get by. Uh, until then, you've got Ajay and Bartley who look." pretty decent at the back together as a pairing you can also play um, Dar- Darnell Furlong apparently is, is, is as good a centre back as he's a right back according to those at QPR so he can mm-hmm. play there and of course you've got Dara O'Shea and, and Jack Fitzwater to back those up so um, and if you get really desperate you can always stick Joe Livermore back there Yeah. but I think um, when Higazi comes back I expect him to I mean unless unless Bartley and Ajay strike up a really good partnership and keep loads of clean sheets plus I expect Guys, he'll go back into the team because he was he was probably the best defender I'd say last year. Mm. All right, let's run through the deals which went through yesterday. Um, first one, Grady Diangana, loan from West Ham. Um, got a feeling that Billich has had a fair bit to do with that, considering he used to be there. Yeah, this was a Billich signing. Um, you know, they, they've sort of shared it around this this window. I mean, a few of the of the um, it's been a combined effort. A few of the signs have been obviously Luke Dowling and Ian Pearce and, and, and the recruitment team. I think the likes of Semi Ajay um, and uh, Remain Sawyers, who's been on the, who's been on the uh, the wanted list for a while, mm. um, and um, Darnell Furlong. Those players were were sort of the club signings. Yeah, signings that um, Dowling and, and his team had, had earmarked or were keen to do. 
But then obviously Bilic, the first signing Albion made this summer was Filip Kravinovic. Yeah. Um, that was a Bilic signing. It was someone he came in and said he wanted to, to get. Um, only on a season-long loan, which is interesting. Um, well, I think you know there is a feeling that you know managers sometimes come and go. So you don't necessarily want to give uh, a manager, if you're not completely sure, but yeah. the manager's really keen, you might not necessarily want to give him a, a four-year deal. Um, but I think uh, Dean Garner as well, also a season-long loan, um, was definitely one of Bitch's signings. I think it, it was sort of manifested itself after West Ham pinched Albion Ejeti. Mm. The Baggies were hoping to sign him, but I think there was a bit of a difference over his... Uh, over how much they were willing to pay him I think he was holding out for Premier League wages and a Premier yeah. League club um, and Albion were very close to making that signing very mm. close to making that signing but West Ham came in and sort of pitched him from under their nose under their noses you know offered him more money than, than Albion could um, and I think after that Bilic called up as far as I'm aware he called up uh, David Sullivan personally and said look I want to take Dean Garner on loan mm. Dean Garner was supposed to be going to Derby yeah. So Albion sort of hijacked that deal, and that was through Billich's um, contacts there with uh, with his former club. Um, we wait to see how he gets on. But he played 17 games in the Premier League last season, so he can't be too bad. And West Ham have got some tidy players um, in, in attacking um, in the attacking area. So um, I, I must confess, I didn't see much of him because I think he was mainly off the bench. Mm. Um, but he's 21. He's young, pacey, fast. Got a point to prove. Will be eager to to do well under Billich, I'm sure. Um, so we'll wait and see how, how that one pans out. Yeah, certainly, you know, seems like it's one of those signings where Albion have benefited from West Ham's heavy business over the window. They've signed a lot of, you know, good players and players who would expect to be starting. So almost puts Dian Garner in a situation where a championship club probably works out best for him. Yeah, the only question mark I would have is, is, is do Albion have an obligation to play him? You know, some, mm. some of these loan deals, particularly from Premier League clubs down to championship clubs, they... they they um, they stipulate that you, you you've got to play them a certain amount of times, yeah. or before January, or we'll, or we will recall him. Now I don't I don't know if there's anything like that in including Dean Garner's loan, but that is sometimes put in. And, and Albion have got options on the wing. You know, you've got Matt Phillips and Carl Edwards who both scored on the first day. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be harsh to drop Carl Edwards right right now um, based on the pre season and, and and the and the opening day he had. Um, I don't think he will. Be, I don't think he will be dropped for Millwall. Um, I'm, I'm sure that won't be the case, uh, particularly when there's a League Cup game around the corner. I'm, yeah. I think that will be where we'll see most of these new faces. I don't think we're going to see many of them start tomorrow. Um, but you've also got Pereira as well who can play on the wings. So now all of a sudden you've got four wingers battling for two spots, and that's good. Blitz said in, in pre-season, I want two players for every position, and he's bang on. That's exactly what you need for a long slog that is the championship. And then you need yeah. maybe some versatile players like your Chris Brunts or your Semir Jays who can move around a bit, Daniel Furlong as well. Um, but I think he's right. You need two players for every, for every position. But at this stage of the season, when everyone's fit and raring to go, that means someone's going to be left out. Mm, certainly. Um, the big signing, which everyone was after, of course, was a striker, and they got that in Charlie, in Charlie Austin. Um, seems an absolute snip for me. Reported fee around four million. I mean, this is a guy who knows where the back of the net is, and if he can stay fit, which I think is the big question surrounding him, he's almost guaranteeing you goals in the championship. His record in the championship is brilliant. I think it's something like fifty-four goals in his last eighty-two games, which is fantastic. I think I, I really like Charlie Austin as a player. I think he's a natural goal scorer. I think he's a natural predator. He's a he is. A replacement for Dwight Gale. Now, I'm not saying he's going to have the same season as Dwight Gale did last season. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Dwight Gale. And also, I'm not saying that they weren't trying to sign them both because mm. they were. But he is that natural predatory replacement for Dwight Gale uh, compared to the team last season. And they're big shoes to fill. But I think Charlie Austin has got has got it within him. He's also got the mentality. You know, he's a cheeky chappy. He's sort of quite a, a confident. Uh, man, you know he's 30 years old now. I think he was, his nose was put out of joint by Ralph, Ralph Hasenhutl, but he, he apparently he's bounded into West Brom. He's, he's, he's eager to come and and, and make an impact. Um, Billich says he, you know, his loud and um, quite outspoken nature was mm. exactly what he wanted because Albion's dressing room can sometimes be a bit too polite, yeah. a bit too quiet. I think you've got a lot of good eggs in there, but do you have people like Austin who? Are you know? I mean, I wouldn't say 
he can he can ruffle some feathers. Yeah, can't he? he can ruffle some. I wouldn't say he's you know he's not he's not Jamie Vardy level. Yeah, but he's but he is he's a he's a handful, isn't he? He's a mm. handful up front, and he's a cheeky chappy. I think. I mean, even today, first press conference after the deadline day, second it's his second day. We overran in the press conference, and mm-hmm. the first team were waiting to have uh, a team meeting um, in the same room, and as we were walking out they were all standing there waiting and we were sort of oh sorry lads mm. and Charlie Austin started booing jokingly mm. um, and then he was you know he was, he was playing the, the you know the sort of class clown not in a not in a bad way in any sense but just I think he was you know trying to gel with his new teammates and also you know mm. that's his nature I don't think that's a bad thing I think that's a good thing I think you want characters like that I mean everybody the one thing that all the all the players said about Dwight Gale was that he was as brilliant off the pitch as he was on the pitch yeah. relentless um, you know Jimmy Shan said it as well last season just always cons- consistently striving to be better um, now it sounds like Austin is a similar sort of character but in a different way mm. um, just as cheeky just as perhaps willing to to make some jokes like Gail was I mean you remember last season Gail used to always rinse Rodriguez whenever they do a post-match yeah. video I think Austin's in a similar sort of vein um, these are players that are nearing 30 they're sort of comfortable in their skin they know they've got the ability um, and that's what strikers you know that's what you want your strikers to be mm-hmm. confident I think Charlie Austin definitely is that and I think as you say the key is to keep him fit but if he stays fit for the whole season I wouldn't be surprised to see him score 20 goals He's, he is lethal in front of goal um, and with the, with the players that Albin have got behind him, like Matt Phillips, Philip Kravinovic, hopefully Mateus Pereira is going to see some in, some stuff from him. Yeah. Um, and even behind that, you know, Edwards, Willock, Sawyer's, you'd like to think they're going to create him some chances. So it does sound like he's very much first choice. Mm. Um, I, I, I do think if they play one up front, it'll probably be Austin who's the first choice. I'm not saying he's going to play against Millwall tomorrow because he might not be ready. Um, but I think he's probably first choice ahead of Zahore in Bilic's mind at the moment. Mm. Now, of course, things can change. The big deal, I think, as well for me is this is this is a high-profile signing. This isn't a striker which you've brought across from somewhere on the continent where no one's ever really heard of him. This is a signing which will kind of make waves across the championship. Teams will come against West Brom and they'll be like, we've got to keep this guy quiet. They're going to be worried about him. And they might put extra men on him, if, especially if, they play, if Albion play one up top. <laughs> they might have two two defenders on him mm. and hopefully that will allow people like Phillips like Edwards like Pereira like Kravinovic to exploit the space I think it's very exciting signing I'd be interested to see if Phillips does try him and Zahore up top together mm. whether that might be <coughs> pardon me whether that might be you know a a partnership that could work mm. um, it, in my head it feels like it might yeah, because you've got a, a poacher and, and somebody, perhaps somebody who might be better off laying the ball off to him. Um, but you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it will work. But it will be interesting to see. Albin have now got, you know, s- some options up top. Mm. I personally, I mean, f- from my from my point of view, anyway, um, I think if you keep Charlie Austin fit, if he plays ninety percent of the games, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he if he gets you twenty five goals a season. I genuinely think he could be that good a signing in the championship because I, throughout the window, I, I kept my eye on Charlie Edman, uh, Charlie Austin, sorry, um, and I always thought he would end up at a Premier League club. And when when he ended up going to Albion, they've done a phenomenal bit of business because I think he's in the championship. He's going to be another level. Um, n- the next one, of course, Chris <coughs> Willock. Um, <coughs> you're dying on me, Matt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, Chris Willick the next one of course um, online from Benfica this one was a bit of a surprise for me I didn't see this one come in yeah um, I think he'll be a squad player to be brutally honest I think mm. he's coming in on loan I think he's one of those players that he's probably coming in to replace Jonathan Lico, who went out on loan to Charlton yeah and I, I understand the thinking behind that because <coughs> <coughs> sorry <laughs> I'm going to die here. <coughs> <coughs> I understand the thinking behind that because if Lico's going to get more game time at Charlton than he does at Albion, mm. maybe he'll develop a bit better. Um, maybe he will come on a bit more. If Willick is, you know, I'd rather have, perhaps, you'd rather, you'd say you'd rather have you know, somebody else's player on the bench mm. than your own sort of young player who needs games. And Leco and Sam Field has gone to Charlton as well, are both at that age where they simply need games. Mm. Yeah, and... 
course, Willock, you know, I think a lot of people will remember Willock from, from, you know, his time at Arsenal. Um, but, you know, he made the move abroad to Benfica. Um, I haven't really heard of anything from him from there, to be completely and brutally honest. Do you know anything about how he's done over there? He's not played for the first team, so um, he's not even made a made an appearance for them. He's been playing for Benfica B. Mm. Scored 11 goals last season, so you know that's not to be sniffed at. But it was for the B team, so we'll mm. wait and see what he, what he can offer. You know, he's a young attacking player. I'm sure he's going to try and show Bilic and everyone what he can do mm-hmm. but like I said I, I, I see him as a squad player I, I don't think he's going to be a first choice now if, obviously last summer Albion got Harvey Barnes on loan and very few people knew a lot about him mm. and he ended up being a revelation so there is a possibility that Willock comes in and wows everyone and earns himself a place in the team but I think at, at this point in time I'd be surprised to see him uh, start the next few games mm. um, and of course the one which came very very late in the day uh, Mateus Pereira uh, on loan with a view to a permanent deal this is one which it seemed to rattle on throughout the window for Albion yeah it was about four or five weeks in the making this deal um, you know we first reported on it it must have been a month ago yeah when Albion were trying to sign him and I think this was um, Charlie Austin was someone that Billich was keen on but I think this is a is one that, that Luke Downing and his men have uh, have tracked you know it's all there's not two camps doing two separate things, I should say. You know, it's mm. all as one. But I do think they've sort of amalgamated together to come up with a plan and a squad that, you know, has filled the gaps necess- like necessarily. Um, but Pereira was one who I think Dowling and, and his team were, were after. And um, the the sticking point was that Sporting wanted an obligation to buy him for £9 million next year, which Albion were not willing to agree to because obviously if they don't go up nine million pounds is a lot of money mm. now that obligation has turned into appearance based so if Albion hit a certain if if he plays a certain number of games Albion will then buy him for nine million pounds the point being if um, if he's played that amount of games then he's obviously good enough to be bought for nine million even if they don't go up and I think they agree to that because they've also saved some money in this window I mean I've just totted it up I think they've sold four players in Rondon Dawson Rodriguez and Morgan Rogers mm. for roughly 34.5 mil I think they've bought five players on permanence now there are obviously loan fees but on permanent deals in Ajay Furlong Sawyers uh, Austin and Zahore for about 17.9 so roughly 18 million so mm. they've made they've made some money now there was a deficit to make up from last season They've also obviously loan fees and loan wages to pay. So it won't necessarily, they haven't made all that money, but they've still got some money to play with in January mm. if they need to, which is encouraging. Yeah, and of course, we saw a couple players leave Field and Lecco, we already <coughs> touched on, headed to Charlton. Uh, you get the feeling this is a good deal for, for all involved because by the looks of it, Field wasn't in the matchday squad against Forrest and Lecco, although he was in there. You feel like he needs game time. Both these players need game time, and they weren't going to get it out. Yeah, they're at that age now where they're they're not kids anymore. They're twenty one, twenty. They're you know they can't be rotting on the bench. They're too good for the twenty threes. They're not good enough for the first team. I've been saying for for months that Field needs to get out on loan. I'm fine. Mm. I'm glad he's finally gone. I think he'll be, um, and I'm glad they've both gone to, to championship clubs as well. Yeah, you know uh, that's that's good. That's a good level for them. So Field's going to come up against the same the same opposition he would if he was in an Albion strip and that's fantastic for both of them I hope it goes really well for them Lee Bowyer has got a good reputation for developing young players Mm -hmm. Um, and you know okay it might be a bit of a scrap for Charlton this season well you never know in the championship do you but um, if those two can get some minutes that's great I don't I don't think Field would have got many senior minutes at Albion this season considering the signings they've made you know Sawyers Mm. is going to play in that central midfield role um, Ajay can play there if needed obviously they've got Chris Brunt Jake Livermore Rakeem Harper um, and they're going to sign Gareth Barry up to another 12 month contract as well so Field was far down the pecking order and it, it's good for him to get out because he's got plenty of talent but he just needs senior minutes to develop it and hopefully he comes back next year next summer a better player 
and someone that can challenge for a first team spot whether Arbin are in the Championship or the Premier League Weird seeing him in a different kit isn't it? It's very weird seeing him in a different kit but I'm glad he's gone and I'm glad he's got the loan um, Stoke City actually um, came in with a with a permanent offer late in the window, mm. uh, but uh, for for Sam Field, which we, which would have been interesting, but I think that the deal to Charlton was already wrapped up by then, um, or essentially wrapped up. Obviously, it wasn't hadn't been announced, but um, it's interesting to see that he he is coveted by the other Championship clubs. Mm, certainly, uh, Gareth Barry, by the <coughs> way, he's been interestingly keeping himself fit playing uh, another sport. Yeah, he's been playing cricket over the summer for Temple Grafton Cricket Club in the third division of the Cotswold Hills League. He seems like he's a bit of an all-rounder. I think he bowls a bit, bats a bit. Um, he just did it during during July whilst he was uh, out of contract. You know, he, mm. he'd been released. He was a free agent. He could have done what he wants. I think when when they're under contract, these footballers aren't really allowed to go and play other sports. It's not it's written into their contract that you can't do anything um, strictly golf. Yeah, that's too uh, you know exert too much uh, pressure on your body, but. Barry's recovering from knee surgery, and um, you know this is obviously one way that he thought he could rehabilitate himself. And he's obviously just sport mad, isn't he? I mean, mm. you can tell that from the amount of bloody football games he's played. He's played n- nearly nine hundred games, I think, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> so um, yeah, he's, he's, he took to the cricket pitch on uh, for Temple Grafton, and uh, I think he played four or five games for them. That was about it in July. But I don't think he's playing anymore because now he's back training with the team, and and is is due to be offered a new deal. Mm, you strike me as an all rounder, mate. I'm more of a bowler, uh, but um, I, I can I can hold a bat. But spin or pace? Ah, oh, pace. I can't. Or all pace from Matt Wilson. I only spin it in the nets. <laughs> um, and then, of course, <laughs> let's touch on Romain Sawyer's box. We haven't actually touched on him in a podcast since he signed. Um, you know, came in ahead of the Forest game. Looked decent, I thought. I mean, he, you know, may, maybe he didn't put his imprint on the game as much as he may have wanted, but you know, it didn't wasn't a bad opening performance for him. One of the shrewdest signings of the summer, I think, for Albion, and maybe even in the Championship. I mean, not just because of the the quality player that Romain Sawyers is, and and we've seen him develop away at Warsaw and at Brentford, um, but also because he's exactly what Albion need. Mm. Their midfield last last season was too lumbering, too slow. You know, Raheem Harper's got the ability to be dynamic, but he doesn't always show it. Chris Brunt and Gareth Barry. Are are a bit too slow for this league now. Um, don't get me wrong, Barry can still do, and Brunt can still do good jobs, but they need, I think, Sawyers uh, for the age he is. Um, no, he's not exactly rapid, but he he's just very calm and composed on the ball when he passes forward all the time. I think that was the issue with Sam Field. He was sometimes a bit too mm. uh, safe, a bit too sideways. Sawyers is... Uh, he makes penetrative passes, and I really liked him in that in that quarterback role against Nottingham Forest, where he was going to get the ball from the from the centre backs, and he was dictating play. Really, I thought he looked very very calm, very composed, like a Rolls Royce of a player, and I hope we see more of him in that role um, this season. I, I wouldn't be surprised if when Barry comes back, he's pushed a bit, a f- bit further forward, mm. um, but a good signing nonetheless. And for two point nine million pounds, I think it's great business. Same with Semi J. I must admit, I think £1.5 million for him is fantastic business. He's looked very, very good and accomplished at the back. Um, I mean, against so, Forrest so in the air, he was, it was unreal. Yeah, I just think it's, I just think it's cracking business. Um, Albion seemed to have made money, reduced the, um, reduced the average age of the squad and, and bought good players. I mean, you can't really ask for more. And I think you do have to sort of take your hat off to, to not only... Uh, Luke Dowling but also Slavin Bilic and, and, and Mark Jenkins as well for because Bilic can, can um, pick these players or, or say he likes that or yes I agree I think that's a good player to go and buy but ultimately it's down to uh, Dowling and Jenkins to get to get those deals over the line um, and it looks on paper look I'm always nervous about judging a window now because mm. come to me in 6 or 12 months down the line where we where we actually decide how good it is because I'm always I'm always reminded of that window two years ago when Albion were, factor. were judged to have smashed the window and they ended up getting relegated so um, you know come come to us in six or twelve months time but at the moment and we can only go by what we by what we see at the moment it looks like they've done some very good shrewd business yeah here's the thing with uh, Sawyers as well <laughs> might not rack up assists and goals but from what I've been looking into and what I've read on him He's normally the guy who gets that hockey assist, the pass before the assist. Yeah, that's apparently that's what Sawyer himself used to say when he was at Walsall. Um, mm. I'm the guy that who assists the assist. You know, he plays that ball in behind, 
the the defence for the uh, winger to run onto before they cut it back to the striker. He's mm. that sort of guy. He plays um, he plays the forward defence splitting pass, and hopefully that's what it'll do for Albion. I mean, him and Kravinovic in midfield, they do look like it does look like Albion have got some some tidy ball players now, um, which is good to see because it's been a while. You know, I, I don't think they have had that really since since. You know, before Pulis arrived, when mm. he, t- he changed the team into a bit more of a uh, functional outfit, um, yeah, it, it, it could. It's, it's all set up for an exciting season. Yeah, it certainly is. And um, just touching on Dowling, um, got a lot of, should we say, stick before this flurry of deals, and there were questions asked of him whether he could, you know, do the business, bring in permanent players. But I think you saw a. a a shift, especially on social media, which isn't always the best barometer. Yesterday, there's a lot of credit going toward Luke Dowling. For the yeah, I mean, you done. can't you can't really judge things on social media because it's such a hotbed of um, polar opinions. You know, it, just by the sheer nature of of the limited character space on Twitter. Yeah, if you don't like something, he, it becomes obvious that you really don't like it, and if you love something, it becomes obvious that you really love it. I think people do overreact in both ways. Mm. Um, as I said, you can't judge this window until we've seen some of these players play, and you can't judge it until the end of the, the end of the, um, the end of the season. Um, I think um, Luke Dowling's reputation perhaps took a hit during the Darren Moore sacking and the decision not to hire a new manager. Mm. Um, I think they weathered that storm, um, just rightly or wrongly, um, or perhaps rightly decided to. Um, to leave Jimmy Shannon in charge at the end of the season I think his um, what's happened with the academy over the summer where certain changes he's made um, at the training ground separating the academy from the first team hasn't gone down well with many of the coaches a lot of them have left um, it has to be said a lot of them have gone to better jobs mm. um, and when when you lose someone like Mark Harrison who's been an academy manager for 11 years that might encourage perhaps some of the, the staff that he used to employ to leave. Um, you know, it's just it's just an end of an era, so it might not necessarily all be down to to those changes and and and, and the the atmosphere that Dowling's fostered there. But I think there is certain there are certain coaches who who are unhappy with it. Mm. That's that that's 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 definitely for sure. Um, but. He believes it's the um, it's the right way to go, um, and he believes it's the it's it's the way to creating better players for West Brom. Now, only time will tell. Um, but I think the appointment of Michael Appleton as under twenty three's boss is encouraging and, and also a very good one. Mm. Um, you know, I imagine he's he's going to uh, make more appointments soon. Um, I'm sure he was focused on the uh, the first team and and, and the transfer window for, before. Before that, uh, before tackling the academy, which I'm sure will, will be his next port of call, but um, you know, like I say, you can't judge the business now. But on the face of it, it does look like he, he he's done some good business. Yeah, certainly. Right, let's talk about Forest West Brom. Um, not a bad opening day result at all. Uh, I think they did well to bounce back from what was a strong start from a home team with a with a big crowd behind them. Yeah, and the city ground sounded like it was pumping as well, particularly after that goal went in. I thought that was a bit of a mistake from Sam Johnston. Shouldn't be beaten there by his near post. Now, I'd like to put it down to first day nerves and, mm. and a bit of um, rustiness, but unfortunately, Johnston does get beaten by the long shot quite, quite, yeah. quite a lot. So he needs to work on that, and um, I, you know, I think he, he caught him out a bit there. I also think Carl Bartley probably could have gone to the ball. Um, but that was that was a rare mistake from Bartley on what was actually quite a good day for him. Uh, I thought he played quite well after that. Um, but Albion rallied; they they came back in it. Lovely to see Carl Edwards get a, get a goal, even if the goalkeeper helped him out. I mean, it was a lovely turn of pace, and that's what he offers you. You know, he, he scored against Brentford with a cracking goal, and he scored again against um, against Nottingham Forest. So it can be difficult to leave him out. You know, he mm. um, doesn't always track his runners, which is something he needs to work on. But it will be difficult to drop him for the likes of Dean Garner. I don't think that would be. Go down too well with the fan base if if you know one of their own was dropped for a low knee. So, be interesting to see what happens um, in that regard. Um, but yeah, second half I thought they cruised it to be honest. Yeah, um, didn't really create much. Didn't look like scoring again. But Nottingham Forest didn't look like scoring either. And I thought Arben controlled the game and saw out, saw out a quite a comfortable two one win away from home, which 
as I said, you will take in the championship all day long. Yeah, certainly. And on Sam Johnson as well, yeah, he, he probably should do better. But it's worth saying as well, he, rec- he recovered from that because he will have known that he probably shouldn't have conceded that. But rest of the game, I know Forrest looked a little bit toothless despite having someone like Lewis grabbing up front. But um, he handled the rest of his business pretty well. He did, but the problem is, is that he made a mistake and the goal, the goal went in. And the, yeah. the goalkeepers are always judged on mistakes like that. And they they have to be con- they have to concentrate for ninety minutes. That is part of their remit. Mm. Um, so I like Sam Johnson. I think he's I think he's a cracking keeper. I think he I think he was perhaps unfairly um, judged last season by by some sections of the fan base just purely because he came after Ben Foster. Mm. But he did make a mistake, and you know he, he needs to bounce back from it. But look, all keepers make mistakes. Foster used to make mistakes every now and then. It happens. So. Um, I think he's he's definitely um, yeah, more good than bad. That's for sure. Yeah, and it helps when Aro Murich is is, uh, is is going back and you know helping him out by making two mistakes. Well, yeah. Although the, th- the second goal, I think I think is a tough one for the keeper. I don't think you can blame him too much for the second one. I think that would have caught out most keepers. Mm. Well, either way, Matt Phillips, it's not a bad finish, is it? If you meant it, <laughs> very lucky. <laughs> um, is I put our signings poll during that uh, game. I don't know whether you saw it. Asking basically which of the new signings at the time had most impressed. Um, 63% said Sawyers, 27% Kravinovic, 8% said Ajayi, uh, and just the 1% said Big Ken Zahori. Um, you reckon Zahori needs a little bit more time to kind of bed in, get used to it? Of course he does. He's only played one game. Um, yeah, like you can't judge him after that. He's got all season. Mm. Um, he did very well for Cardiff when they got promoted. He only scored nine goals that season, but he was a very crucial cog in that team. So he will have a part to play, and there's a reason I've been spent eight million pounds on him. I, you can't, you can't, you can't judge him now. I mean, and, the, and he showed flashes. You know, he, he showed flashes of of pace, of of willingness. Um, it just felt like he needed some runners around him. It just didn't really happen, did it? And that will be down to you know a new team. He's not really played with these players before. They've not really played with him. Are they on the same wavelength? Probably not yet. Mm. Give him some time. I'm sure it'll be fine. But like I said, I do think Austin's been signed to play ahead of him. If they play four-two-three-one, I wouldn't be surprised. Not necessarily tomorrow, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Austin take that take that shirt um, off him. I mean, Billich even described Austin as number nine uh, today in his press conference and. I sort of winced because actually the number nine is Kenneth Zahore. Yeah, but I, I do think Austin is the is is the first choice. What did you make of Forest? They looked pretty poor to me. Um, again, mm. look, it's hard to judge on the first day of the season because, especially when you've got a new manager, because people are still sloppy, still tired, still trying to gel. Then they're not up to speed. So look, you, you can't really judge too much. Um, but they didn't look great. Yeah, certainly are. But either way, uh, a solid start for Albion. Let's go on to some questions, Matt. Uh, Jared Buckley with the first one. Do you think we've got enough firepower striker-wise? Austin is a cracking signing for so little, but if any injuries, we'll need to rely on midfield a lot more. Yeah, I mean, I think if, 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 you, if you say, OK, Austin, you get us 20 goals this season. Mm-hmm. Zahore, you get us 10. And then we'll fill in from the wings. Phillips, Edwards, Pereira... We want you to to chip in, Kravinovic. Mm. I think you'd be happy with that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Colin Griffiths, is there any plan of re-signing Barry? We've kind of already covered that one. Yes. Uh, Dan Nash, based on the squad and manager we now have, do you think Albion have a very strong shout for promotion? In comparison to most of the championship teams, we look very strong. Again, it's very hard to know at this stage, but I would say that promotion is obviously the aim. I think they've got a strong enough squad to finish in the top six, certainly. Um, you need a bit of luck, you need a key players to stay injury-free, um, but I think I think they'll be targeting top six, certainly. And whether you get top two, that depends. Um, it depends on how other teams play. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're up there um, at some stage of the season certainly um, I think Leeds are probably going to be strong again mm. I'm not convinced by Fulham myself I think they've got plenty of attacking options but they look pretty shaky at the back um, and there are, but there are other teams you know the championship's wide open this year yeah. wide open 
there's so many there's so many teams that can finish top six mm. I, I, I can't call it really it's very difficult but I, I do think Albion will be up there yeah judging from their business yesterday I've kind of got Albion almost cemented into that now if I was to put if I was to write a prediction now I would have them cemented in that top six I think if I was to do a 1-24 to as is all the rage these days I would be very very minded I'd be contemplating putting them second I really would mm. um, behind Leeds I'd, I'd, I just think you know they've got good players capable of controlling the game and again it's a big caveat but if Austin stays fit he can put the ball in the net and yeah. um, they've got a manager as well that, that seems to be you know, based on the based on what we've seen so far in the game against Bournemouth and the game against Nottingham Forest they're playing nice stuff as well yeah I do think it's a bit more convincing now at this stage of the season very early days but at this stage than it was at this stage of the, of the first season uh, in the championship under Darren Moore mm, tempted to agree with you uh, Social Justice Mage considering how we were bitten by the recall deal in Barnes's loan deal last season which of our new loanees may be going back in January just as they hit peak form similarly which if any have options to buy built in so uh, Dean Garner's could be go could go back in January. Um, Chris Willock could go back in January. Um, Mateus Pereira has got an option to buy. Mm. Um, as we've already discussed, it's nine million pounds and it's based on appearances. Mm. There we go. Who's the other loanee? Krivinovic. Oh, he's a season-long loan. No January recall, so he's here for the season, but no option to buy. Ah, there we go. Hamish Coley. Have the new signings had a full pre-season? Mainly Pereira don't want another Varela situation where the player isn't fit until December. Um, I'm not sure about Pereira. Um, I think Austin is, is fit and raring to go, apparently. Um, Dean Garner, I think, is pretty fit. Who's the other one? Who's the other one that was signed yesterday? Oh, Willock. I'm not sure about Willock. Mm. Um, but I think... Um, you know, you've got. I think, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing the Carabao Cup game. I think that's mm. what we'll see him. I think you see a lot more footballers nowadays keeping themselves pretty fit over the summer, anyway. Very few of them, you know, apart from Eden Hazard, seem to let themselves go. <laughs> yeah, saw some of the pictures of Hazard. He apparently does enjoy his summer break. Yeah, he's summered well, as they say. <laughs> um, Andy Reid, with the great window and some great attacking wingers signed. Will that marginalise Edwards' development and integration into the first team? Well, I think it's a good question, and and, and, and that's something I've touched upon. I hope it doesn't. I, th- I don't think it will because you've got lots of games, and you've got two. You've got four wingers, haven't you? There, so you've got two two wingers for. Well, you've got two people for each position, mm-hmm. and that's what you need. So even if he's on the bench, he'll come off the bench. Yeah, and being asked be asked to provide some some uh, some some flair or some or inject some energy. So even if he loses his space over the course of the next month or two, he, he, he will still have opportunities to get back into it. Um, just depends on how he performs and how others perform. But he got off to a good start, didn't he, against Forrest? So we'll wait and see. Mm. Callum Haywood, talk to us about Dwight Gale, Matt. Promise it will be the last time I ask. Well, I think I've already covered it. They, they, had, a, they had a deal agreed with Newcastle. Um, five mil loan fee. Fifteen million pounds if they went up, which is a lot of money for a thirty-year-old. Yeah. Um, but I think it goes to show that um, they were willing to do it, and they were they did try and get him over the line. Billich was very keen to get him back, but ultimately Dwight Gale um, wanted uh, a permanent deal, and he's with every right to, to do that. Um, mm. So you know, it, it, it didn't happen, but. Um, which is a shame because I think everyone would love to have seen Gale back at the Albion but um, you never know what might happen in the future Do you reckon he'll do well this season at Newcastle? I don't think he's going to play that much to be honest they've just got Andy Carroll in they've got Joel Linton I don't know whether he'll play It's a shame that shame because he was really good for Albion last season Uh, Spencer George Academy there's obviously a lot more going on than first seems apparent a few staff leaving is one thing but the mass exodus suggests something very wrong what's going on can we afford to lose his talent to what extent is Jenkins to blame I think Jenkins I don't think Jenkins is to blame I think um, it's like as I said before it's, it's to do with the changes that Luke Dowling has made mm. I don't think he's got much to do with Mark Jenkins to be honest um, and as I said before it, it some some staff are unhappy with it 
I think Mark Harrison wasn't happy with the changes. I, th- I know there are others, but some of them have moved on purely because I think their mentor and their and the you know their manager has gone in, in, in Mark Harrison, and mm. they've gone on to better jobs. Someone like Mark Scott's gone to Derby just for a better job. Um, Ryan Lowe has followed Mark Harrison to Villa for a better job, probably mm. a better paid job. There is more, you know, Premier League job. I just think some of there there has obviously been. Um, it's obviously been tense between Dowling and the and the academy. Um, mm. He's obviously tried to make put his own stamp on it and make some changes. Um, but I, I I think it's just the end of an era, really. And when and when someone like Mark Harrison goes, um, others will will follow suit. So um, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not a shame because I think well, you can see the players yourself, Nathan Ferguson, mm. Carl Edwards. Um, you know, Rakeem Harper. They're, they're, all in the, they're all in the first team at the moment, and they're all academy products. Mm. Um, that academy is overperforming, um, or it was anyway. It's a big task now for for Dowling and whoever comes in as academy manager and, and Michael Appleton to to keep that conveyor belt going. It's not mm. going to be easy, um, but that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah. Patrick Crane who are Luke and Matt most excited about seeing of the new signings and who do you think is his biggest gamble who am I most excited about seeing um, I'd like to see how Austin gets on I really would I think mm. I mean, I think Sawyer's will, will be class uh, but I'd like to see how Austin gets on I'm excited to see he's the sort of player that could race to 10 goals pretty quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him I think that over the summer there was a lot of pining for Dwight Gale, and as much as as, as, as I, you know, I'm impressed and, and and by Dwight Gale and him as a footballer and as a person, it would be nice to not be pining for him come November. Yeah, um, and hopefully I mean, I've got a new hero to to worship, and that and hopefully it's Charlie Austin. But um, so I'm excited about him. I think in terms of the gamble, um, I would say maybe maybe Pereira. Um, purely mm. because if if he hits this um, if he hits this uh, appearance mark, then they'll have to pay nine million for him. But um, mind you, they, they know what the appearance mark is, so they can probably be clever about that. And and if, just, it, <laughs> and if they don't want him, just bomb him out. But yeah, um, him or Zahore, I would say, just purely because it's based on the fees. You know, Zahore yeah, yeah, is yeah. the most expensive signing. I think the other the other fees are so minimal that that. Where's the risk? There's not much risk. I think Pereira for me is one I'm really excited to see. I mean, forgive me for being the guy who wants to see the Brazilian winger go on and do well, but I feel like he could come in and, and be one of those wingers who, who hits hits the ground running and a lot of teams look around saying, why didn't we pick up this guy? Well, he's got a good reputation from the Bundesliga, so we'll see. Certainly will. Um, Adam Cope, 96. Now, with the signing of Charlie Austin, should we be banking on him scoring 20-plus goals a season in a league he knows very well? One slight injury could send us back to the start without a prolific goal scorer. Do we need another striker, or should we be okay with the goals coming from elsewhere? Well, I think the idea is that they're going to chip in everywhere. You know, I think Zahore might get a few. I think they think Willock is, is, is a potential squad striker as well. Robson Carnu, Oliver Burke. I don't think you can bank on them to score too many goals, but um, you know, they're there anyway. Mm. Um, and then the likes of Matt Phillips, if Phillips can stay fit. I mean, keeping Phillips was also some great business. He's only got one year yeah. left in his contract. Keeping him in the club um, was, good, was, was, was good. If he can stay fit, he could be a massive asset this season. I think there's a couple of players like that. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I don't know whether there was any interest for him, but Kieran Gibbs, in the, at this level, is probably best left back in the league. He's a very good left back, especially going forward. I think he offers you so much class and composure on the ball bit of a question mark over his defensive capabilities which is probably why Premier League club didn't come in for him mm. um, but yeah um, Will Matthews asking about Sam Field is there a, any option to bring him back in January yes and Lecco and Lecco there you go uh, was there any interest in the Polish striker Adam Buxer or was that just noise says Simon Westwood um, I'm not sure it was never close I mean I'm not sure whether there was much interest I think and there might have been a, an approach you know, there might have been a phone call at one stage but it was what it wasn't one that I heard anyway um, but it's very rare that these stories come out without any basis behind them mm. 
Chris Adams, what's the situation with the transfer window for further loan signings and free agents? Is that now closed as well or still open for a bit longer? Championship clubs can't sign any players on loan. League One and League Two clubs can. So the likes of Jack Fitzwater, Dara O'Shea, Rayhan Tullock, Jamie Sewell, those sort of players might be going out on loan uh, to League One, League Two clubs. Um, I think that shot September the second. Mm-hmm. Um, you can assign free agents whenever you whenever you want because they're free agents. So, yeah. um, given they were released before the end of the transfer, as long window. as they were released before the end of the transfer window, yeah. yeah. Um, what's likely to be our preferred formation? Slav mentioned four four two in preseason, but with all these wingers we've brought in, it seems we're better suited to just one up top. Says Carl Osborne. Well, you play the same amount of wingers in a four four two as you do in a four two three one. Yeah, but. Um, I think four two three one at the moment, but Bilic did mention the possibility of playing Zahore and Austin together today. So um, I think you know you want to be flexible, don't you? If something isn't working on on any given day, you want to be able to move to what you know. Sixty minutes in, you're losing one nil, and four two three one isn't working. You need a goal, go four four two, or you know we'll do something different. I think you want to have that flexibility. They didn't have that before deadline day. They could only play four five one, in my opinion, because of the lack of strikers they had. Now they've got that option. Certainly do. Right, West Brom Millwall this weekend. Uh, Millwall won 1-0 winners over Preston in their opener. Um, you expecting a tough game? It'll be tough. Millwall's always tough. I think we um, saw that when, when they went to the Den towards the end of last season under Jimmy Sham. Um, I think they're better at home than they are away. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be... They'll make it difficult. They'll make you work for everything. But um, I would expect Albion to be the stronger team, and um, it's one that hopefully they they should they should come out on top in. But you never say anything in the championship. But it is one they, that you'd hope that they'd win. You'd hope it'll be a big crowd as well, opening day. Should be considering the signings and the feel good factor around Billich and the club at the moment. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see it um, near capacity. What new signings do you reckon we can see? Out of the deadline day lot? I think the most likely one would be Austin. You reckon? Out of the deadline day ones, yeah. I don't think... You can't drop anyone else. You can't yeah. drop Karinovic. You can't drop Edwards. You can't drop... Uh, you can't drop um, Phillips. Mm. You can't drop Sawyers. So I, I don't think... Any of, I don't think the wingers get in. I think Austin maybe might start. But I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't start. If he... Give him half hour. Give give him a half hour at the end of the game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Zahore started and Austin started it in the League Cup. Mm. So same eleven. Probably. Right. Interesting. Give me a prediction then. I think they'll win. I think they'll win two nil. You took the words right out of my mouth. Two nil. Two nil. I'm going for as well. I think it'll be comfortable. Who's going to score? Charlie Austin Brace. Really? Off the bench? Nah, from the start. They'll start him. They won't start him. I think it'll be Kravinovic with a little 40th minute it'll, strike. It'll be a cute finish, I think, if it's Kravinovic. Yeah, a little pass into the bottom corner. Um, and I reckon Austin will come off the bench and thump one in in front of the Brummy Road end. You reckon he'll be on pens? I've got, no, I've got no idea. Charlie Austin just strikes me as a pen taker. I've got no idea, to be honest. Um, right, well, I'll tell you what, I'll take that. Two, two games, two wins. Um, the competition's back as well, Matt. Is it? The competition is back. The new Come kits on, are out. The new three, kits, yeah, three kits. Yeah, three games. Um, Any time goal scorer from each of the games, Matt Wilson is the man who will be picking them all, so you can blame him if they don't come up. First one, Albion Millwall. You can pick either Kravinovic or Austin by the sounds of it. Kravinovic. Kravinovic. Spurs Villa. Um, Harry Kane. Kane. Can't blame you. Wolves Leicester. Or Leicester Wolves. Ooh, um, Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. Right, if Kravinovic, Kane and Vardy will score this weekend, one lucky listener who's retweeted and follows the podcast on Twitter will win an Albion shirt of their choice with the name and number of their choice on the back of it. Um, right, that just about does us for another episode, Matt. Lovely stuff. Happy to be back. Great to be back. Um, yeah, looking forward to the first uh, home game of the season. 
Can't wait. Right. Uh, if you liked the podcast, make sure you review it. Give us a rating if you can on iTunes. It really does help us. Uh, otherwise, you can get in contact with us on Twitter or by email. Until next week, bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.